Welcome to the Vineyard. Great to have you with us this morning. Welcome to everybody joining us online. Happy you're here. Very happy you're here. Never take for granted the opportunity to gather together. So, great to have you. And we're in a series called An Unshakable Foundation. So, it's, this is the 15th one, and there was an intro, so exactly 16 times. And people are wondering, will he ever finish? And yes, I will. So I got this one and the next one. Uh, the, and then a brand new series coming in. So, uh, so I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm looking forward to winding this one up. This one is so, uh, has been important, uh, and it really will lead into the next one. Because my hope has been in this series to really talk about the story, his story from beginning to end, how the Bible all ties together, um, so that when you know there's a there's big theme that's going on, there's a, there's a bigger story, you, you stay connected to it, and it helps you to see how all of it ties together, so that you don't sort of just randomly take little pieces here and there and get them out of context. And Because uh, some people think that's what the Bible is, just a bunch of separate books, and it's, it's one big book. I know that there are separate books in there, but it's all in this big story. And so you hang on to the story, and then it all really begins to sort of help you connect how you fit into the story. And what that does is, I think, make the Bible come alive. And then you can see how it applies to your life. And that will be sort of more of the next series. Uh, some encouragements along that. What, what do we do once we know the story? How does it all fit? But the, the story has been, and you know it, you know, back in creation, it, the heart of God was to dwell with us people. It's amazing, really, that that's what he wanted, but he didn't. So we look at creation, and we see the Garden of Eden, and I told you it's like a cosmic temple. And God was there, and we were created in his image. We were there, and we had fellowship, and we had vocation, and that meant that we had a, we were going to partner with God. This is how God wanted to do it. I'm not sure why, but God wanted to partner with us and to make the whole planet like Eden. It was good, but it wasn't like Eden, but that was the deal. And he was going to partner with us, and we were going to go and experience this amazing life, partner with him, and uh, lots of things to do and see and be a part of. It's going to be really cool, hanging out with him, fellowship, all that good stuff. But we chose to go our own way. But we've all done it, but it happened significantly, and the fall happened, and everything got unsettled. But God still pursued us. The heart of God was still for us, to fellowship with us. And so we look at the Exodus then, and we see how God rescues his people from, uh, you know, bondage and slavery. And then he talks about tabernacle. There's going to be a place where he will come, and heaven and earth will meet again, which is what we had in creation. We had a place where heaven and earth met. And so he's going to come and do that at tabernacle, which he does. Uh, and then that sort of transitions into the temple, and the temple is built, a place where heaven and earth meet, a very real place, point of contact. And then we, you know, we saw that people went their own way as they had continued to do, and the exile happens, and the temple is destroyed, and there's no place for that to happen, where heaven and earth meet, bad sort of time. But uh, the prophets start talking about a time when it will happen again. And sure enough, when Jesus comes on the scene, now we understand from what he tells us that he's the living temple. He's the temple, fully God, fully man, a place where heaven and earth meet. We have it again in Jesus. And then, you know, big part of the story, is Jesus takes his perfect sinless life and he goes to the cross on our behalf because um, the, the, the consequences of the fall needed to be dealt with. And, and, and so God comes in the flesh and all of a sudden, all of the evil, all of the mess, all of the sin, everything we've ever done is marshaled into one point in time. And Jesus takes it on and he takes it down and he defeats it. And then he rises again and everything is different. And, and so he's the first, uh, you know, he's, he's a new creation. Things are changed from there and other things happen, which we'll talk about today. 
And then we said, but, and somehow he takes us through that with him. We become new creations. And then Holy Spirit, when we ask Jesus to be our Lord and Savior, Holy Spirit comes and dwells in us. And now we're a place where heaven and earth meet. Fascinating thing. We're the temple, Paul said. We're a living temple. Holy heaven and earth meet in us. And we know that we're waiting for his return. And what we understand in Revelation 21 is that when Jesus returns, new heaven comes to earth. The earth is renewed or restored, uh, and, and new heaven comes, and, and now there's a place forever where heaven and earth will meet. And in the picture, it's the idea and the way the words are used of what happened initially. Uh, and so we'll be restored into sort of that presence of God that we had in the beginning before sin had entered the scene um, and the good news is this time there's no evil to have to deal with and that will be us and we get new physical bodies at that point in time uh, and, and so um, that's a really cool part of the story and all those things happen so you need to know the whole story and how it fits and then things begin to make sense and the scripture opened up and really this is what happened with the writers of the New Testament. All of a sudden the Old Testament opened up to them and they were like, and everything they thought was different. And they began to let us know how that works. So we're those people who are uh, made new now, waiting for the return of Jesus, living in tension. And, and so I want to talk about all those things today, uh, but primarily we're going to be talking about hope and then prayer. And then I'll start talking about prayer today and end up the discussion on prayer and end this season, end this series with um, that discussion. So that's kind of what we're up to. Now you know what's going on. And that's good. Bad jokes. So I went to see a mime improv show the other day and the performance was spectacular. But that goes without saying. What kind of computer can sing really well? Adele. You just never know. What do you call a lazy baby kangaroo? This is a stupid one. Oh, it's cute. Pouch potato. See, you liked them this week. I did. I, I had this one. Alice is going to come up. She's going to lead us in prayer and read the scripture. But I had a, so Alice and I like to try new food together. So that makes us taste buds. Wow. <laughs> try new food together, did you say? What's that? What was the last one? Try new food together? Try new food, food together. together. We don't do that. Yeah. <laughs> Every time I cook, we do. Well. Which doesn't happen a whole lot. So, anyway, let's get serious again and focus in on Father. Amen? Lord, you're so good. Father, you're so good. You're only good. You're always good. And we thank you that your kingdom breaks through. And, Father, I pray today that we would live in that breakthrough. Lord, that whatever's going on in our life, there would be a breakthrough. And those always bring us closer to you and always, Father, always towards love and peace. And we thank you for those things. Lord, as we dig deeper today into hope, let all of our hope be renewed. Let it rise up within us, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I just see the Petrocellis and I want to say hi. <laughs> Sorry, haven't seen them for a while. Okay. The text today is out of the book of Romans, chapters 8, verses 5 and 6. 
Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the Spirit is life and peace. Blessed be the word. She just keeps repeating taste buds to me. Uh, so that uh, passage that I asked Alice to read was uh, where we finished off last week. We were talking about the renewal of our minds. And, uh, you know, we, we're new creations and all this amazing stuff happens uh, that, I, that we've been talking about. But our minds are the things that need to be transformed yet and renewed. They need to catch up to everything that's happened. And Holy Spirit is doing that in us. Uh, as we learn to yield to him and that, um, that, you know, our mindset is a big deal. That's what you're reading. If our mindset is on the things of the flesh, that leads to death. But if our mindset is on the things of the spirit, that leads to life and peace. And I said last week, well, that's like a no brainer, right? Who doesn't want that life and peace? I want that. I like the thought. I like the experience. It's good. Much rather have life and peace than all the other mess that tries to get on us. So uh, I want to kind of continue in that talk and, and in that vein and discussion and talk about this new life that we have and how it fits into the bigger story and, and then ultimately talk about hope. So, so we have in Christ new lives. And they're different than they used to be. And even for some people don't feel all that different. Like, because, you know, it, it starts by asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. And it's really a confession, you know, and a, and a belief. And we do it. And then maybe we don't feel any different. People go, well, am I really different? And yeah, you are. Absolutely. You're a completely different person. You're a new creation at that point. Everything has changed. Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. And, and you might not know what it feels like or if it feels like anything, and it may or may not, but something has happened in you. And, and that's what we've been talking about, the idea of new creation, that, that somehow because of what Jesus has done, it's changed us. And so now we have this new life that we're living, and it's much different than what it was before. And I love what um, Peter says about this life. And I like, well, I like all the guys. I can find stuff that I like about all of the guys and gals. Um, Peter's cool, though, because, you know, Peter, um, Peter's pretty opinionated and, and also gets it wrong sometimes. Does that remind you of anyone? That's a self-reflective question. Don't elbow somebody else. <laughs> Because if you did, that was back at you. So, but, but Peter's heart is right, and he gets lots and lots of things. You know, he revealed to him by God who Jesus was. He gets all kinds of things. And, uh, you know, he's recording for us after walking this out for quite a while. He writes this. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So right there, right off the bat, verse 3, saying, listen, um, we have this new thing that's happened. We've been born into this new life because of what Jesus has done. That, that when Jesus defeated death and rose again, came from the dead, the resurrection in Jesus, not only did it change him, it's changed us. And, and I told you, he took us through that journey with him. And we become new creations. We're, we're eternal beings. We are still living in our mortal bodies, but we've already been pushed into eternity. And, and we're, you know, awaiting the return of Jesus. But, but things have definitely changed. And he goes on and he says, And into an inheritance 
that can never perish, spoil, or fade, and this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Now, sometimes when, when we talk about this and we're reading about heaven, um, people have sort of got the end point of the story wrong. And so we need to talk through the end point once again. So heaven is, is very real. You know, that things are happening now in heaven. Uh, I've told you this, heaven and earth overlap in many, many ways. They're not millions of miles apart. There's, a, there's overlaps that happen. We talked about it with Jesus, you know, tabernacle, temple, Jesus, Holy Spirit, lots of other times. There's this overlap. Sort of like a, I like to think like there's this like thin curtain in place that, that um, is going to be changed. But right now, that's, that's what's going on. And that our inheritance is kept in heaven for us. And so everything is being kept safe for us until new heaven comes to earth. You've got to think about that. See, when I, when I talk about the end of the story, um, heaven is where we'll be if um, we sort of... Uh, complete our journey in this body before Jesus comes back. And should that happen, we'll go to heaven. And it's going to be, it will be beyond awesome. So I think sometimes heaven gets a bad rap because people have thought, well, is that all I'm going to do forever is hang around on the cloud, play a harp? There'll be none of that. Uh, but, you know, I shouldn't say that. I, if that's something you really want to do, you could probably go and experience it. But I don't think that, I think what's going to happen, because I think about this stuff, is you're, when you, you're going to get whisked there around the throne room and there's going to be the worship going on that we read about in Revelation 4, 5, 19. It's just awesome off the top worship. And you'll be caught up into that and you won't even know how long you're caught up into that. And, and, uh, and then see, at some point, Jesus is going to come back. And that's when the story says, so new, new heaven comes to earth and everything is restored here, including us. And so at that point, we get new physical bodies. You get new perfect physical bodies. Things are restored in the, in the renewal. The idea there ties back into creation and the way it was supposed to be is how it's going to be. And then our vocation is the same as it was originally. We're going to partner with God. He's going to partner with us and we're going to have things to do on the planet. And it's going to be amazing because it's going to be perfect. It's going to be the way it was intended to be without the consequences of the fall everywhere. And you know that the planet's pretty cool right now. Lots of things are cool about the planet. But trying to imagine, I don't even think we can, in that state of perfect. And, and this time evil has been dealt with and that will never be an issue again. And we're just going to fellowship with God and, and heaven and earth are, are going to mix completely. And it's just going to be like beyond awesome. And so, you know, I've referred to that. That's life after life after death. You need to be thinking about that. But in, in between now and then, everything really cool is being kept for you uh, safely in heaven, which is then going to come back. And we're all going to be caught up. And he says in verse 5, who through faith, talking about us, are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time when all that happens. So he's, as, as well as everything that matters being kept safe, He's going to shield you as well. He's got you. Uh, you're an eternal being. You're going to be with him forever. It's all started. Does that mean bad things never happen? No, it's a fallen world, broken planet. It's one of the tensions we live with is that our enemy has been defeated, taken care of at the cross, but it hasn't departed, and we're waiting for the return of Jesus. We're tension people, believe it or not. We live in tension. It's not got to be a bad thing, tension. The tension we live in is that Jesus came the first time and he inaugurated the kingdom when he returns. He consummated it, and we live in between the two. That's where we're at in the story. But we're not alone. Holy Spirit is with us, and, and all this is really cool. He said, in all this, you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have to suffer grief and all kinds of trials. 
just talked about that. Um, but these have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. So, this stuff happens, but God's using it all. We can trust him. He's faithful. And that's all really good stuff. So, that's sort of a picture Peter is giving us of the new life. And how we fit into it. And what it means. And now that we know the story, we can see how we fit into it. And, and because we're aware of that, our hope changes. And, and Peter talks about us having a living hope. And so I want to talk about hope with you for a few minutes. Because sometimes we, we get a little... Uh, we don't get our hope quite right. And we need to because it's significant in the difference that it makes... In our lives. So back into verse 3. Uh, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope. Through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Because of the, you know the story. Because of what's happened. Because you know what, what God did with Jesus at Easter he's going to do for you. And in some way he's already done for the whole planet. We're just waiting for it to be all revealed. We now have this amazing hope in, in we know what's coming. And... He's also, we also know he's kept keeping us shielded and he's got us and he's using everything for his glory. All these are really amazing things. And so our hope needs to be settled in that. And when your hope is settled in the promise of what's to come, it will save you from a thousand heartbreaks until he returns. And so that's why it's so important that we get our hope right. So... Uh, let's talk for a moment about hopes, because hopes are not all created equal. We have sort of different levels of hopes. And, and let me just say for a point of discussion today, let's call them, we have casual hopes, and we have precious hopes, and then ultimate hope. Now, casual hopes are those kind of hopes that we sort of say, like, you know, I hope that it, uh, it doesn't rain today. Or... Uh, you know, someone was teasing, I hope that the dolphins win today. And I said, that might be more than hope, and I'm not sure how that plays. But, you know, but I say that as a, as a life, lifelong Dolphins fan. I just sort of have gotten old and don't care anymore. So, uh, <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Eh, whatever. Um, and, but if you care, it's all cool. It's not a pick. So uh, I, I do it. My son, he's still really big on the Dolphins, and that's cool. So I hope the Dolphins win today. And, 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 and you know, but if they're, I don't know who the Dolphins are playing today, but maybe they're playing your team, and you probably hope differently, and that's okay. Those are casual hopes. I hope, you know, I hope when we go home it's, it's nice, or I hope, it, I hope a cold front comes in. I don't know what to hope, but you know what I mean. That would, that would make Alice happy. So uh, those are casual hopes. Then we have precious hopes. And listen, hopes are good. When you hope... When your hope is a sort of a sign that your heart's alive. So, so, cause some people get hope less and that's not where I want you either. But I just want to get your hope in the right thing. We have precious hopes. And the, and the way that we sort of can know what our precious hopes are, are, I would say that our precious hopes are often sort of the fuel for our prayers. They're, they're the, they're, you, you sort of have a different thing. You know, it's casual hope. You're not really, you know, uh, normally kind of trying to get God involved. Uh, or whatever it is. But in our precious hopes, you know, like, oh, oh God, what I, I pray, I hope that so-and-so's test results are okay. I pray, to God, that you would just reach into that situation and bless them, I pray. Lord, I hope. And, and so those are precious hopes. And, and they're important. And, and that, that's all good. And then ultimate hope, I would say, is that, that our ultimate hope needs to be in the promise that I've talked about. But what happens is, we get our hopes sort of shifted, and somehow our casual hopes become our precious hopes, 
and our precious hopes become our ultimate hopes. And then when those don't work, it's just, it's heart-wrenching. In fact, the, the writer of Proverbs says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think you know that feeling. You, you know what, it's something, you know, I've hoped for that, and it doesn't go, and it can make you hope, you know, it just hurts your heart. It makes you heart sick, uh, a longing fulfilled as a tree of life. And, and so, we have to be careful about our hopes and where we put them and what we allow our hopes to be. And, and, and so we have to understand there's a distinction between casual hope and precious hope and the ultimate hope. And the ultimate hope has to be in this promise of Jesus' return. That's where your ultimate hope has to be. That has to be, you have to get a hold of that, you have to think about it long enough, that that becomes the most exciting thing in your life. It's your highest hope, it's your highest priority, knowing that because you know Jesus, he's coming back at some point and he's, he's going to restore everything. And everything that matters to you is going to be restored at that point in time. Every single thing. And, and, and so, the, the ultimate hope in that promise, that's, that's, it needs to be your wildest dream. It needs to be what you're ready that you'd sell everything for. If you just, you want to get a hold of that. That's where you're going to have life. That's where you're going to find life. And knowing that he's got that coming and it's yours and all these amazing things are going to happen uh, in your life. Unfortunately, we let other things get into that spot and it's, it's not a good place for us to live. Because we settle for sort of kingdom counterfeits if anything else gets in there. Paul was saying in 1 Corinthians 15, if only for this life we have hope in Christ. We are, we are of all people most to be pitied. If, if we get this so that our ultimate hope's not right, it's, it's not where you find life. You don't find life and peace there. We need to understand what's going on in this journey and get our ultimate hope right. And, and here's my, I've been telling the other groups, and I don't know how well it's going over, but here's how you sort of know what your ultimate hope is. And so you have to be honest with yourself when you do it. But, but sort of when your mind wanders a little bit and you daydream, what do you daydream about? It's often a reflection of your ultimate hope. And, and if it's about sort of temporary things, it's not where it needs to be. And it's very revealing because if you'll take a good look at that, it'll also be a clue to you about the reasons why you get angry about things and the reasons why you're stressed over things and the reason you turn to things that you shouldn't in difficult times. It's because you don't have your ultimate hope where it needs to be. And so we need to take a good look and allow those things to, to help us sort of press in. Is, is my hope right? Is that my ultimate hope? Do I understand that everything's good there and that because of that it's it's Tracing back into time and everything's good right now, even though I'm dealing with some difficulties, but I can trust in God because my hope is in what's coming. And, and through that, I'm able to live in the way that he wants me to live. See, see, Jesus said in Matthew 6, don't store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and, and, and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves treasures in heaven. Where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So, the way that we get our hopes right is we understand that he's taking care of everything and everything is being kept safe for us until the return happens. Everything that matters. I don't know how often I can say that, but everything that really matters. Nothing, nothing is lost that matters. Everything is being held for you in the heavenly treasuries. Until such time as we're connected again with all of that. And so there's, some, there's that life and peace that I'm talking about comes in that place. So that's where we get our hope. Now, once we get our hope right, like I said, if, you, if that's not where your hope, take some time and get that, get that straightened out. Don't let your, 
You're casual and you're precious and your ultimate hope get confused, okay? But still have hopes. I'm not dashing your hopes. Hope is good. Hope means your heart's alive. Hope is... So, uh, you know, keep on hoping for the dolphins, whatever. Uh, But it leads us to this, and I want to talk about this for a few minutes today, and then we're going to pop into it a little deeper. Is I want to talk about prayer. Now that you know the story and how you fit, and what it means, and how it's all tying together... What's, what's prayer all about? And I will say this multiple times, but, but I would say that prayer is kind of the language of living in the tension that I described. Living between the now and the not yet. Living between what's happened and what's going to happen and that we're living in that tension. God is fully with us and we're new creations, but we still have an enemy and, and he's defeated but not departed and, and things are happening that we don't like, but, but he's still got us and he's moving us and all kinds of things are taking place. It's, it's the, the language of the overlap. And don't don't forget that overlap is taking place. Heaven and earth happen. Overlaps, you know, I've described them. Jesus, the Holy Spirit with us. Every time the Holy Spirit moves and we're praying for people and we see miracles happen, we see people healed or people changed or people saved or people delivered, whatever it is, that's the kingdom breaking into the now. That's the overlap of heaven and earth. It's an amazing and wonderful thing that we have. And prayer is kind of the language for that. So remember in our story, Peter said, a new inheritance that can never perish, spoiler fade, this inheritance is kept in heaven for you. Everything that matters, he's got it, and, and we can trust in that, and we press into that. And, and we're living in this tension. So Jesus then begins to teach about prayer, and he says, this then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, not millions of miles away. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth. As it is in heaven. We want what's going on there to happen here. Bring it here. It's not about us going there. It's about it coming here. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts. We also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not to temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. The, the language of that prayer, when you look at it, is tension language. It's talking about these things, this overlap that we live in, and making that connection and pressing in together into that. And, and so I have an illustration that I want to leave with you about prayer, and then uh, I'll probably be done for the day. So here's, here's sort of the illustration. Now, it works for us especially, I think, because uh, in my mind when I'm talking about this, I'm, I'm thinking about Bahia Honda, Bahia Honda, however you think about it. I'm sure a lot of you have visited. If not, you've driven by it. And before Irma, uh, you could go to the left out there. I think they call it Sandspur. I don't know which is which anymore, but, but that's where you go. And you could walk along the beach for quite a while, and it was a beautiful walk, right? Along sand, beach, water. Alice and I would go sometimes, and we'd take that walk, uh, you know, as long as we were lathered up in suntan lotion. Uh, blocker, whatever it is. SPF 4000. Yeah, okay. So, <laughs> okay. So, so here's so think about that and, and then the picture is this that, that you have the you have the shore and and then you have the ocean and then there's that place where the, the, the two meet, right? Now you could go out there for a walk and you could walk on the shore and you could never get wet if you wanted to. You could walk along there and you could keep you could keep out of the water altogether. Or you could go deep dive into the water and you could spend as much possible time as you could into the water. You could, if you went out in the right spots, you'd get deep enough where you, it would just be all water. Now eventually you're going to have to come back because you can't breathe in the water. But, uh, but you're going to have to come back. Or 
you can you could kind of walk in that place where where the two meet and you you could get your feet wet and it could come and go you know how the the waves do and you could hang out in that place where you're sort of making the connection between all of these things okay so in in my illustration for you to think is is this that that sort of the shore that dry ground is our daily lives and we can just stay on the shore if we want. We could just press into our daily lives and we can sort of even forget that the ocean is there. You could turn your back to it. Although I kind of tease here, if you turn your back to the ocean, you're probably looking at the gulf. But nonetheless, you get the idea. You could ignore it completely. Or you could, you could jump into the water. And, and let's say that the water is the presence of God. Let's say that's just, it's, it's right there. The presence of God is right there. You could go in and you could just, you could get all that you could and, and you could hang out there in the presence of God and it's a wonderful thing. Uh, and, 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 or you can kind of walk in that place where they overlap and, and, and so where you're in both. And you're very much aware of the presence of God, but you're also very much aware that you're, you're living on, you know, you have a daily life as well. And, and the overlap, that's where we're hanging out. That's, that's my thing. That's where we're walking with the Spirit. That's when, that's the language of prayer. That's because that language of prayer is kind of being open to what's the Holy Spirit, you know, here's the day and I'm walking with you and I want your presence. And I also have, you know, this life going on. And would you lead me and would you guide me? And we start to listen. See, that's all part of prayer. And we, you know, we ask, oh, I got these decisions to make. What do you think about this? And what should I do here? And, and we're, we're living in that tension now in that place right now there might be times when you are up on the dry ground a daily life and you're not sensing a whole lot of the presence of god and 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 so we kind of got to be remind ourselves i I need to get a little more you know i want to get back and i i want i don't want to get too far from from his presence and then there's times too when when you kind of want to get submerged in his presence i I, you you just kind of want to get all in there and get get all of the presence of god that you can because it's certainly available and you're created to experience that and if you're not occasionally experiencing that, you know what you will do? You will go and try and replicate that in other ways. You will try and get a counterfeit experience that you should be getting deep diving into the presence of God. And that causes a lot of issues. So we need to have those times too. But then we kind of, the, the way that we walk this is we, we're walking in that tension. See that place where the overlap is. And it's a beautiful place to walk. Uh, and, and so you're walking along there. The things happen. I was thinking one time when, sometimes when one of the, we were on that walk in the beach and all of a sudden we couldn't get around because there were things in the way and debris and we had to pick our way over and do all sorts of other things. Those things might happen, but still we, you, you were able to enjoy it. See, you could, you could have, could have swum around it, could have gone out in the presence and done that, or could have walked around it the other way, uh, and, and it'd probably been easier to swim around it, but, but, uh, you know, and often it's way easier in the presence to do things and, but, but he continues this on our journey. Prayer is that place where we're making that connection. And so I want you to be thinking about that. That, that It's that illustration. Think about living in that overlap, living in the tension. And prayer is the language for that so that we don't get too consumed off in the dry land and we stay connected with the presence of God in our lives. So this week, next week I'm going to move into prayer a little bit more. And I want to... the. the if you want to get ahead, read Psalm 42 and 43. I know that sounds like two psalms. It's actually one psalm. You, you'll know the minute you read it, it should be one big song because it shares a refrain. It's one song. But it's the language of dealing with difficulties and not losing your hope. And, and I want you to have that because I think that's significant because I think people get sidetracked sometimes when those things happen. So, so dig into that. 
and ask yourself this week that question. What do you daydream about? And let me give you a... Work into your daydreaming what life after life after death is going to look like. Ask God. Do it on purpose. Ask God. Ask Holy Spirit. Would you just... I have holy imagination. Would you allow me to use it to kind of begin to think about what that's going to be like? Because we don't have really... We're not very good at trying to figure it out. Because everything is not like it should be. What it's going to be like when... You know what? I think the other day we were reading in the Old Testament like the trees were worshiping. What's it going to be like to be able to sing with trees? And you think, oh, trees don't sing. I think they do in the new creation. Uh, you know, I, I mean, what? I, yeah. And what's it going to be like, the relationship that we have with... I, you know, I just like to... And I don't want to give my thoughts to you. I want you to think about it. So what's it going to be like? Get your hope focused on there. And catch yourself when you're daydreaming. And if it's not about that, change. You can, you can tell yourself what the daydream about. I think it'll be helpful to you. So that's where we're at. We're going to talk more about this next week, the idea of prayer. Alice, my love, why don't you come? We want to pray for you. We're going to ask Holy Spirit to come and minister to us. We can't really have our time on the wall yet um, where we can uh, pray for you, but Holy Spirit's able to come and minister to you right in the midst of everything that's going on. So let's ask him to do that. Holy Spirit, would you come and just meet each one of us right where we're at? Um, You're with us. You're for us. Help us to be open to you. And then uh, allow you to lead and to guide and to minister and to come in power. Uh, Holy Spirit, I ask that for those today who are are dealing with uh, sickness of any type, that you would bring healing. For those who are are dealing with weakness, that you would bring strength. For those who uh, have had their hopes deferred and they feel heartsick, I pray, God, that, that you would... Allow them to know that you have them, you've got them, and that nothing that matters is lost. And that they would just sense your presence and you would renew their hope. That that living hope we talked about, that that would be theirs. Alice? The other part of that verse is, but a longing fulfilled is like a tree of life. So that's the other half. Don't get stuck in hope deferred. Get stuck in longing fulfilled because that's on the way. And so these are called words of knowledge, in case you're wondering if we're making this up out of our heads. Um, We're not. We're asking God. We lean in, the staff and I and Steve, and we ask God if he has anything because we can't lay hands and pray for you right now. And a couple of my girls did, and Georgina had one, and it's, um, it's a promise out of Isaiah 62:12 You will be called sought after the city no longer deserted and she felt it was for someone who just feels alone and maybe unloved that you are not deserted you will be a city sought after and i had one that i saw a lady and, and you're in your kitchen and you had a moment with god where you really broke down you just had a moment where you, you just don't know what's coming and you asked him for help and he wants you to know that he saw you and he hears you and he wants you to know today that your springtime is on the way. So grasp a hold of hope. And Miss Alicia gave me one and she said that um, what she saw was someone opening the blinds a little bit and peeking through and what was ahead was joy. 
but where you were behind the blind was kind of negativity. And she, she just said, felt like the Lord wanted you to know, don't be afraid to open the blinds all the way. Just go towards joy. You won't be sorry. So Amen. if that's for any of you, bless you and receive it and ask God to show you a deeper way. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Cool. So all of this amazing story starts by asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. If you haven't done it, do it today. He's done all the hard work at the cross. Our part is to, in faith, receive what he's done. Confess with our mouth, believe in our hearts. And the confession with our mouth is, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And, and if you've never done that, do it today. Best decision you will absolutely ever make in your life. That's what it looks like. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you do that today, let me know. And, and uh, if you're watching online and you do it, let me know. Text the word heart to that number, 305-745-751, so I know. And I can celebrate with you. And, and best decision you will ever make, do it today. That's your way into the story. Most amazing story that there is, and God wants you to be a part of it. And he's done everything he can to make that happen for you. So do that today. Thank you again, church, for your, your um, amazing generosity and your willingness to give and to tithe and, and all the things that you do. Thank you, thank you, thank you. That's how you do it if you're watching uh, the digital way to do it or mail it in. There are offering boxes up here uh, all the way. One there, there, there on your way out. So uh, thank you again. We, we are so blessed to be a part of uh, you. And uh, we think about that all the time. And so let's end with the doxology. Praise God from bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power, and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here. We'll see you soon. Hope you catch some fish. Casual hope. Hope your team wins. Casual hope. And uh, God bless you guys. We'll see you later. Watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.